experienced in these blackouts, stretches of time you can't account for. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Okay, listen. There's a fucking... Shut up. There's a fucking ghost. What? You shut that up, a... you bitch. No. Shut the what? fuck no, up. No, no, no. That is... Did you hear? That is every single fucking, like, YouTube ghost channel nowadays. They're all just doing the the really bad ghost adventures. I don't know if you've ever watched oh, Ghost yeah. Adventures. No, well, yeah, so I've watched Ghost Adventures. Well, it consists of the main guy, Zach, going like, uh -huh. we've explored this haunted house where someone took their life in a very tragic suicide. And then they go in and he's like, fuck you, you fucking ghost. Do you not like it that I'm in here? You fucking bitch. What are you going to do? And then like one of his guys will be like, hey, Zach. And he's like, shut the fuck up, Aaron. What was that? I just heard a ghost. And he's like screaming the whole time and just being like, shut the fuck up, dude. Shut up. I'll fucking choke actually, you if you say another word. Actually, Jose, did you hear that? Did you? Did you? Did you? I think there's a ghost in the house. Shut the fuck up, Mason. Well, it's anyway. It's a ghost poop. <laughs> With that, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain, Jose Valle Jr., coming at you from sunny California and the edge of insanity. I am joined, as always, by my trusted first officer and co-host, Mason Schrader. What's new, Mason? Uh, I'm just uh, embracing dirtbag living. I got a mustache. I, blew, I dyed my hair blonde. I'm working on a mullet. I'm just, you know, I'm living me. That's good. Uh, that's good. I'm a fan of that. I've got a single tall boy of bush light in my refrigerator right now. Wow. Because I drank too much of it, but not enough of it. Because I should have just had one more, so I had yeah. all the beer. But now I only have one beer, and it's like, I don't, I'm don't i not drinking one bush light. Like, that's dumb. Mm -hmm. You need, like, six of them. Yeah. Or accurately, I think five tall boys is what I learned is the, my limit on right. bush lights. So they need to be sold in packs of five because then you just have, anyway. I guess if I got or six you need to of have, them, eventually I'd you, have one or, extra six pack. Or you need to have, mm, yes. Five, if you get five yeah. six packs, eventually you just have one new. There you go. That's there you called go. beer math. <laughs> or you just get a my friend fucking, who only drinks one, uh, one tall boy. When you're living a bit of dirtbag life, you don't have friends. No, that that's the thing. No, you don't. You don't. Mm -mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel that. I've, I've been doing a little bit of that, too. Just, uh, yeah. just being a real... I'm in my villain era, I like to say right now. And by that, I just mean... Oh. By that, I just mean I'm like, eh, you know. I uh, Yeah, that's fair. I call it... Like, I, call I work out summers. and I take care of myself, but I'm also like, who gives a fuck? You know? Like, I, I was having this... Yeah, are my uh, bogan summer summers, which is like an Australian hillbilly, mm -hmm. like an Australian redneck. That's yeah. the vibe I'm going for. Like right now, I was having this conversation with my roommate. Like, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm rocking the dad bot, and I'm just like I'm all right with it. Like, yeah, There's I wanna I wanna sh I wanna shed a little in the middle, but I'm also like mm -hmm. got a, a solid upper body. I'm all right. You know? Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm just going to be little. Full beard. That's all I want. Just growing yeah. the beard out until my work is like, you have to stop. You have to you be have professional. To stop. I like it. It looks I, I would, think you look good. I well, like thank you. Hat. Thank you. Yes. I'm, um, unfortunately, I'm a country boy living in LA. I'm a city, I'm a country boy living in the country. But, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, today, Mason, we are wrapping up our Rocky Mountain section of our Unsolved U.S. Urban Legend series with the two states of Idaho and Nevada. One that is a real state, and the other is Idaho. Ha. <laughs> Suck a dick, Idaho. <laughs> Fuck you guys. 
no, no. We we love we love our listeners from the old potato state. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, if at any point it's I get too loud, my micro. I'm, we're having technical issues here at uh, old Captain's Log Studios, and uh, I can't hear myself. So we're just winging it. We're hoping I'm not. I'm yep. watching the audio levels to make sure I'm not fucking yelling. But if at any point everybody's like, Jesus Christ, Jose was louder this episode than he's ever been, keep that in mind. Because I'm also yes. wearing noise-canceling headphones, so I feel the need to yell yes. to be able to hear myself. It's a whole thing. Yeah. You guys wouldn't You guys wouldn't fucking get it. It's a podcasting thing. We're right? especially not the fucking Idaho yeah. listeners. They don't, they don't even have electricity there, I don't think. <laughs> Today, <laughs> that's not true. I've seen, I've seen where you can light up a, a light bulb with a potato. <laughs> that's true. I'm that's, pretty sure we, I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to be diving into some really fun stuff. Three uh, legends from each state, and that just, just some fun, light, breezy stuff. They're a little on the lighter side, but it was, it was fine. You know, I did, it wasn't like Montana where I was like, Jesus Christ, give me anything. You know. So, again, hashtag Montana is over party. Uh, Montana's over, and it wasn't, was it, I'm guessing it wasn't like Wyoming either, where it was like, here's a man that made skin shoes and a nipple bag, and he's also the governor. Also, that's 100% true. It is not, no, it's not 100% like that, no. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'm happy to be back. We took a little bit of a break. I went to New York. Uh, my, I have a short film that's doing the festival run right now so that kept me a little bit busier than i thought and i think next episode i'll be in a new location because i'm moving Ooh. to a new apartment uh yeah so that'll be fun uh what about you mason how are you feeling being back i know I'm, you're doing the you know, dirt boy hey, lifestyle but are you are you excited for this i'm fucking excited to get into some spooky ghosties i haven't i haven't had any i've been listening to nothing but music recently so i want to get Ooh. i want to get good and crimey okay I get grimy and crimey okay we should have named our podcast grimy and crimey yeah i've, I've actually that's a, that's it's not a bad one i've been thinking a lot about that anyway well you know when inevitably we get stricken with a cease and desist for some podcast that we didn't know was using this name and like actually trademarked it, then we'll change mm -hmm. to grimy and crimey. Grimy and crimey. Yeah. Well then, Mason, fire up that mystery hog, put on your helmet, and let's ride. It's I got an electric bike, so it's it's Fuck silent, yeah. So yes, it's... guys, we're 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 what is it? Uh reducing our our neutral carbon footprint. Carbon footprint. There you go. Yes. yes. We're at, it's an we're, electric bike now. It is a two-seater, Jose. Though, so we could actually do is a it? mystery. Yeah, it is. It's it's got two seats, so you can sit on the back and hold me, and and well, we can well, well. we can do the we can do the mystery hog shoot. Now. Well, well, well. We definitely should. Oh, fuck! That's the name. I've been thinking of a name for it. Right? You got a mystery your vehicles. hog. Yeah. The mystery hog is a hundred percent the name mm -hmm. of that bike. Yeah. There you All go. Right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All um. Right. Yeah. We're no we're no fans of Taylor Swift here. Did you hear about that? That came out where she like is one of the celebrities with the highest carbon footprint, like higher than no. It was like a crazy amount high. Hmm. <laughs> Just some good old topical humor here on Captain's Log. That's what you can always depend on from us. Yeah, that's right. We really have our nose to the pop culture grindstone. Yes. Well, who's Taylor Swift? We begin in the Gem State, Idaho. Seems in Idaho, we're famous for just one thing. So if you want a great tasting potato, just look for the grown in Idaho seal. In the city of Lewiston, a, what a horrible name. Lewiston. Lewiston. Uh, what they did is there's two cities. There's Lewiston and Clarkston. Clarkston works. Lewiston, not so much. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited to maybe learn. You know, because Lewis and Clark. So there's two different cities in this valley. Uh, One is oh, named Clarkston. Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> wow, you don't know, know Idaho. That is that a joke about Lewis and Clark? Is that one of them did all the work and the other one didn't? No, it's just I'm just saying one of the cities works as a name and the other one just doesn't. Like, I oh, genuinely you're talking about this. Okay. I thought you yeah. were doing a like a Lewis and Clark bit. Okay. Fuck them both, I say. 
honestly. In the city of Lewiston, a metropolitan area located in northern Idaho, is an old sandstone building. The Anne Bollinger Performing Arts Center, as it was named, is a 112-year-old building originally built for the Lewiston Methodist Church and named after world-famous opera singer and Lewiston native Anne Bollinger. But this building is not just any old local theater. This building seems to harbor a dark secret. Performing arts are loud. They're vibrant. They leave an impression on the viewer. But what happens when that energy doesn't leave? What happens when the phantom is not just on the stage, but in the aisles, in the offices, and all around? This is... I think it's called, it's called Cats. No, that's just hell. Oh. Yeah. You're not a Cats guy. Huh? I'm not a Cats guy. I love Andrew Lloyd Webber. I'm... I respect him, but I don't know what the fuck he was thinking when he wrote Cats. I've never seen it. Good. Now, this is precisely the case with the Lewiston Civic Theater. Not the cats, but just the ghost. See, according to legend, Mason, the theater is haunted by a variety of ghosts, three of which came as a result of a serial killer roaming the area. Two sisters and one man went into the building late one night and never came back out. At least, not alive. See, these three folks went missing, with the two sisters being found dismembered sometime later in a nearby area, and the man... Unfortunately, his body was never found. But their ghosts can still be seen throughout the building, frightening casts and crews and any unlikely soul caught in the theater late at night. I meant unlucky soul, not unlikely. But anyway, what do you make of this legend, Mason? Spooky well, I mean, or kooky? It sounds like the guy murdered them and then left. Oh, does it? Mr. Yes. Detective. Well, because that's what the liberal the one... that's what the liberal media wants you to think. Okay. Hi, this is Tucker Carlson. Today, what the left oh. doesn't want you to know. That <laughs> you know how he does that crazy laugh. The, yeah, but what the left doesn't want us to know that that guy didn't murder those people. Yes, <laughs> the left wants you to think that an innocent, Actually, an innocent Protestant white man, who are mm -hmm. being attacked in this nation is sure. suddenly the suspect in a murder case because he was never found? Okay, Nancy Pelosi. Jesus. As Honestly, as a white man, I can't say that we get a bad rep. <laughs> it's tough out here for us. Everybody just so thinks we're hard. crime. It's so hard. We're, everybody thinks we're... I, you know, hey. everybody thinks I'm a criminal now. Stand in solidarity. Just because every single mass shooter has been... Uh, a carbon copy of me doesn't mean that I'm going to do a mass shooting. Here's the thing, Mason. Okay. I, I love your new look. I do. But if tomorrow mm, yeah. they put your picture up on the news and we're like, mass serial killer Mason Schrader, I'd be like, yeah, he fits the, like, the look. If, if, I, if, if somebody showed me a yes. picture of you and was like, this man was a killer in the 70s, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, okay. If I had a just like a more wiry pair of glasses. Yeah, I was going to say. If we switched glasses. If we switched I glasses. Would have, I would be mm -hmm. such a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Well, so what do you think? Spooky or kooky? I think it's spooky. I like it's, a haunted theater. It's a spooky. You know? Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of the arts. What can I say? I was actually okay. this... When I was when I was in high school, I was actually the Sterling Scholar for... Um, uh, speech and theater arts so that wasn't a thing you just made that up that's not a thing that exists it was out of my high school sterling scholar shut yeah. up God, shut up nerd i did I, I got it though because i was in speech and debate and i was really good the drama kids all I hated me because i don't I got it. care i don't even know what it means you're just saying words and i don't none of them have a meaning to me jose you're just saying things at this point well okay so we both say it's spooky then yeah, it's spooky. Okay. Well, it seems that this legend just may be based in truth. You see, Christine Nelson, 21 years old, Jacqueline Miller, 18 years old, and Stephen Persall, 35, all vanished late one night from the building on September 14th, 1982, 
to be exact. Purcell was a janitor of the building. He had been dropped off by some friends That's that a night. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Just wait. He had been dropped off by some friends that night to do laundry and practice his clarinet. Red flag. Nelson and yeah, fuck clarinet players. It's all well, about the trumpet. The trumpet clarinet. supremacy. If you're in uh, nerd, if you're in 1982 and you're doing your laundry at a church or a, a thing because you're a janitor, or was he doing laundry for like the place? I guess no. I know this doesn't really I th- matter. I think but. what it was is they had free uh, machines, and he was like, "I'm just mm. gonna go do it there." Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Nelson and Miller lived a couple of blocks down from the building and were heading to get groceries that night when they spotted their friend Stephen. So they decided to stop by and hang out with him for a bit. This would be the last time anyone would see all three alive. The bodies of Nelson <laughs> and... <laughs> Interesting wording there that all three of them alive, as if maybe one of them is still alive, but no, two of them aren't. The bodies of Nelson and Miller were found in Kendrick, Idaho, nearly two years later, and Purcell's was never found, although his family believes his body to be underneath the theater. See, the fact that Purcell's body was not found led many, like Mason, to believe that he was the prime suspect. But police would actually later determine that Purcell was himself a victim, and the killer was another man who may have worked with Purcell at the theater. Most investigators have come to believe the trio are part of the Lewis Clark Valley Murders, which is a series of murders and disappearances that took place between 1979 and 1982, in which law enforcement have identified five potential victims connected to a single suspect. Originally, police thought that Otis Toole may have been responsible for the murders after he implicated himself, but he also implicated himself in every fucking crime that ever occurred. Yeah, that motherfucker was admitting to every murder. He was like, oh, the burning of the Library of Alexandria? Yeah, that was me. I did that one. (laughs) No, see, Otis, you can't have done that because that was much, Mm -hmm. much before you were born. Like I did it. Prehistoric. I did it. I okay. burnt it. To All the right. Ground. Burned Library of Alexandria. What else have you, you done? You know why there's you know why there's no dinosaurs? No. I killed Okay, them. you're not gonna I killed all the dinosaurs. That's why there's no dinosaurs. Okay. Anyway, by nineteen 19- <laughs> That's my way of getting out of a bit now, is just saying Good Anyway. anyway. <laughs> First all rule the good bits. <laughs> Ending. Anyway. <laughs> First rule of improv, get out of a bit by saying anyway. By 1995, police said they were 99% sure they had their man. But to this day, no arrests have been made. They did interview the individual, and he was also implicated in another uh, set of disappearances in Washington. And he was a man who worked at the theater and was sleeping there that night but said that he had been asleep when the, when the disappearances occurred, but they were almost more than sure that he did it. But I guess maybe they didn't have the evidence, and the name was never revealed he to must the have public. Been a, yeah, he must have been a really good murderer then. I guess so. Because uh, they also thought that he was the one responsible because he was also, at, at a time when this other girl, this 12-year-old girl had gone missing, he was living at the home which she, where she lived. So they're like, this guy is definitely the guy. But again, I don't know why they didn't arrest him. Randall, people just keep disappearing every time you're living at a place where people are. Yeah. Isn't that kind of funny? So where were you at? I mean, the night. I was around. The the night they got murdered? I was doing stuff. You You never know. You know, just doing all me. Kind of (laughs) silly. Definitely wasn't killing them folks. I'm sorry. Did you say them folks were killed? I don't know if you said that yet. Didn't say, literally just asked what you were doing that night. Well, I'm not a cop. I'm just making small talk with you. What is <laughs> happening here? If they were or if they weren't, I certainly was not to be implicated in the nation, the, 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 the nature of said which crimes that I may have that the authorities believe that I have that could possibly I have been within the implications 
of the uh, what's that over there? There have been numerous sightings by casts and crews of other ghosts throughout the years. For instance, one night in 1994, while she was taking out the garbage, Meredith Johnson saw a redheaded man in his early 20s sitting at a picnic table at Trevitt Park next to the theater. She returned inside, locked the door, and turned towards the steps. When her feet hit the third step, she saw the man she had seen seconds before sitting on a couch in the dressing room. She walked past him and locked herself in the office. When she returned to the dressing room ten minutes later, the man had vanished. Or there's the story of Rod Farrington, who, while working on set for Sweeney Todd in 1991, noticed an elderly gentleman standing in one of the theater entrances watching him work. Farrington asked him if he needed something. The man said nothing. Farrington asked again, still nothing. After repeating the question a third time, Farrington put down his paintbrush, intending to leave the stage and approach the man. The man disappeared around the corner, and a few seconds later, when not enough time for the stranger to disappear had passed, fellow set builder Gordon Glenn came around the corner. Farrington asked him where the man went, and Glenn said he had seen no man. Even if he had time to leave, he would not have been able to do it without Farrington and Glenn hearing the old doors creak open and shut. The Ann Bollinger Building was condemned in 2016, and the Lewiston Civic Theater has now had to perform in a series of different venues. Now, I am unclear at the time of this recording as to whether or not they have a permanent home now. Uh, if not, then I will link their stuff in the show notes, so if anyone wants to help them out, they can. We have a wonderful backyard, so gather your family and friends and begin your Idaho adventure today. Get your free travel guide at visitidaho.org. In Pocatello, Idaho, there's a state park with the very metal name of Massacre Rocks. Having earned its name from the white settlers' fear of ambushes and altercations with the Native American tribes whose land they were trespassing on. And of course, as you might expect, a place with a name like Massacre Rocks, this little peaceful site has a little urban legend to go along with its name. Anything you wanted to say there, Mason? Uh, no. Okay. I think we're good. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I, sorry. <laughs> He's sorry, everyone. He's sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mason, I'm not a huge fan of going into lakes, or most dark waters. Some might call it an irrational fear, but I just don't like the idea of not being able to see my feet and what they touch, or what touches them. Like, I hate being in a lake and something swims past, I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like, I understand that there's fish there, and I think I wouldn't be mm -hmm. as scared if I could see the fish. You know? Sure. Sure. Well, anyway, okay, it's... Okay, sure, yeah, fair enough. I okay, mean, I guess. everybody get off my back like I'm allowed to have this, I didn't, you know? Did you think I was going to be mad at you for I, that? I thought you were going to be mad at me. No, no, that's okay. Okay. And it, see, it's stories like this that give validity to my concern. See, this park is haunted not by ghosts nor by a lake monster, but by little spirits with the adorable name of Water Babies. However, I'm actually going to give you a little bit of a pushback there because a water baby is a baby born with brain or with water on their brain and it causes uh, very severe mental problems. Not these ones. However, according to <laughs> Okay, I, was, I, was I just feels like I'm 90% sure water babies if like you can I don't think you're allowed to call people that. Well, I had never heard of that. Because, like, I have, I mean, it's a fun insult for people. Well, I put it in to Google, and it says, Water Babies is a 1978 live-action animated family film directed by Lionel Jeffries and starring James Mason. So. Wild that I don't know that I just thought a thing was a slur. Seems like and it you're wasn't. making I mean, up slurs, slur. man. Seems like you really want it to be a slur. That's fucked up. I'm a little sad it's not. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, a tiny child. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. Egg what on your face. 
fetal, yes, also commonly referred to as water baby or walrus baby, is when a fetus has generalized something, edema, and fluid accumulation through its body, often puff up to twice the size, causing something, necessitating a C-section, and there's a, anyway, yeah. It's okay, okay man. It's not good. Big reach, but all right. However, not a big reach. It's called water babies. <laughs> However, according to the legends, these little bastards are not adorable. There are two versions of this legend. Some sources believe that it was a Native American tribe, while others believe it occurred to a group of white settlers. But regardless, the story is pretty much the same. After a particularly bad harvest, a famine befell the group, and they were forced to make the tough decision that due to the food shortages, they had to limit their population. I don't think it's that tough of a choice. I think we should be doing that anyway. That's called eugenics. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, only Joe Rogan fans. It's still eugenics, but it is a little... <laughs> it, is a, it is a more palatable flavor of eugenics. Therefore, any new mother was sent down to the river when their babies were born and forced to drown the infants. But according to the legend, these babies did not go silently into the night and instead morphed into something else in order to survive growing gills and fins. These little monsters survived off small fish and vowed vengeance. They now lure unsuspecting victims into the water with cries, making the poor saps think a baby has fallen into the water. When their prey has entered their waters, they leap into action, dragging the body into the murky depths to face a watery grave. Numerous witnesses over the decades have claimed to have seen these little aquatic devils, and similar stories of these creatures are found across the nation in different bodies of water and with different tribes, including the lake I grew up right next to, Utah Lake. What do you make of the water babies, Mason? Spooky or kooky? Uh, I basically, the way I think is of it is like little piranha, you know? Like, they're small, sure. but they're hungry. Yeah. So it's kind of spooky in that sense, but I'm also like, it's a fucking baby, man. Well, it's I'll also kick the, the idea I'll that... I'll kick the I'll shit be, out of a baby. If I have like they're, to. Not they're just for, for fun. They're you know? forever babies, is yeah. what I don't understand. Because if they were huge... Like, it's not like a fish fucked a woman, <laughs> well, and now there's half fish, half ladies going it's a, around. It's also, it's also not like they grew up and are now, like, fish people. They're just... Permanently yeah, babies. Permanently they have, babies. They have which Peter is Pan syndrome, you know? Yes. Yeah. But also, like, swamp monster thing. So, yeah, yeah I'm not, you know? I'll kick whatever. the shit out of these. Like, no disrespect to them, but I'll kick the shit out of them. One latches onto my fucking leg. I'm pulling that motherfucker up, and I'm just like... <laughs> I'm fucking using yeah. it. To, I'm using it. I'm grabbing it by the legs and swinging it around like nunchucks and hitting the other. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think I could beat up a bunch of aquatic babies. I can do it. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. say kooky for me. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with that, but it is kind of fun. It is fun, but it's kooky. Get out and explore nature. There's surprises everywhere. Go to discovertheforest.org. Every once in a while, I come across a story that clearly isn't really spooky, but it's just so fucking interesting that I feel we have to share it. And thus... This is the case with our final story out of Idaho, The Moss Man. Outside the town of Ketchum, Idaho, nice little Pokemon reference there, there's a set of hot uh, yes. springs, you know, Ash Ketchum, the main... I'm okay. familiar okay. with the, po the massively popular Pocket Monsters. Pokemon. Yeah. There's a set of hot springs... <laughs> move on there's a set of hot springs at frenchman's bend in the smoky mountains <laughs> just stop right there that's such a fucking yeah all of that was really cool i really liked all yeah, of that yeah. oh yeah a beautiful spot with a strange tale gather around you children and hear the tale of the moss man the man who was discovered in the wilderness with moss growing on his body the man who spent a month in the water and not only survived but became one with nature Ascending beyond his mortal body. Before I go any further, Mason, what do you think? It's not not necessarily spooky or kooky rating. Just what do you think? All I know is that I want to spend a few more Saturdays getting a few hot springs in a French men's bend, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
No, what do you mean? Anyway, I don't. I, don't, I mean, you... it, it sounds like you're about to tell me that there was a man with covered in moss living in Idaho, is what it sounds. That's my first take, is that you're about to tell me that a real-life man once lived in a full ghillie suit in, in Idaho. So, mm. I'll say, I think. I think it's spooky, and spooky being the positive one, because I like the image of... It's like a swamp thing from, uh, you know, DC. Like this, mm. uh, yes. this, this thing, like this human... But like nature has claim, started to claim them. Him. It's like that's yes. why I really like the design of like Davy Jones and his crew in the Pirates mm. movies because it's like they've become sure. part of the ship and they're all like like what's this that Bootstrap Bill, uh, Bill Turner's yeah. dad. He's like yes. fucking in the wall and when he comes out you can see like parts of the ship on him. Yeah, shit He's like all that. Barnacly. He's all barnacly. Yes. It's a uh, good old Scarsguard, uh, the yeah. dad, daddy Scarsguard. Uh, yes. B- Bill, no. Nope. It's not Bill and it's not Alexander. Alexander, it's, Stalin's, um, it's Stalin. 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 They have. I'm so annoying because Alex gets to be like shredded and ripped, and Bill gets to be like the gaunt, skinny. Like they have like both sides of yeah, like. Yeah, it's not hot fair. Man That's what I'm saying. Looks. It's not fair. Like yes, one is like, one. You is- can be shredded. Or like the lanky. Yeah, like, one is I'm like Mark tired. Wellberg, and the other's fucking Pete Davidson, and I'm like, well, that's you know. Yeah. You should both yeah. be Mark Wahlberg, or you should both be Pete Davidson. Like you know, the Hemsworth brothers are all you know buff. There's just varying degrees of Buff. the same handsome man. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the Wahlberg brothers, except much less handsome. <laughs> much, much less handsome. Much less handsome. It's like, yeah, anyway. Well, Mason, it's time to open up the Captain's Log book of historical oddities and crazy-ass people that live as legend but actually really existed. No, really they did. And add another entry, the entry of the Moss Man. Because this story is based in fact. Although the man's real name has been kept out of every story written about him, even when he was interviewed by Outside Magazine, he is often referred to with the alias of Slim Becker. The story begins when Becker, seized upon by a profound desire to get back to nature, or by the many, many amphetamines he had taken, decided to hike ten miles to the hot springs outside of Ketchum. When he made it there, some accounts say he ran into some people and others say he was alone, but regardless, most agree he went into the water with all his clothes on because he was really fucking high. And by the time he realized this, he was soaked. So not wanting to trudge back to town in soggy jeans, he took off his clothes and laid them out nearby to dry. It's a very, you know, um, I'm... Sp- um, Classic spacing situation. on the word here, but like a good thought, you know? Ah, yes. A good thought. But he didn't stop and realize that... <laughs> a good thought, if you will. It's a good thought, yes. He didn't realize that February is the coldest month in the area. So instead of drying, his clothes froze solid. Becker would then spend the next 28 days immersed in the water. Alone, with no food and no consumable water. He patiently waited, thinking a spring thaw was inbound at any second, (laughs) but this was not the case. He would take quick trips to the nearby spring for water, which which he would go on to say were unbearable due to the freezing temperatures. Multiple hikers and snowmobilers would come across the man and offer help, but he refused them all, wanting to exit by his own volition. He did, however, accept a beer, later saying it was the best beer of his life. One of the days he was there, he witnessed a fascinating sight, which I'm kind of jealous of. It's some fucking near-spiritual shit, where he said this white wolf attacked and killed a deer as he just watched it, you know, tear it apart. And he was like, it was this fucking, like... And at this point, he wasn't Beautiful, high anymore. Yeah, he wasn't right. high anymore. So, and well, he says that eventually they left, and for a moment he considered eating the remains, but ultimately decided against it. He claims he was never afraid, but was rather at peace the whole time. However, 
As the days trudged on, he became weaker and weaker, and by March of 1984, when two cross-country skiers came across him, he had lost more than 60 pounds, and so Slim finally accepted help. The skiers observed that some of Becker's skin was cracked and peeling, and Moss had actually begun to grow on his back. He was taken to Moritz Community Hospital, where they say he locked himself in the shower, wanting to be in the water as long as he could. That's his, funny. <clears throat> yeah. His sister, that's funny. That's funny. It's funny how this funny. man's psyche broke. Yeah. His, <laughs> his sister-in-law. It is. It's very funny. It's very funny. He shouldn't have done it. I mean, no. he fucked up. It's funny that this is the situation he's yeah. in now. His sister-in-law would tell reporters that when he went in, he was six foot two inches and weighed 210 pounds, but was now a shell of his former self. She told him his brain was real scrambled from all the amphetamines he was constantly consuming. Okay, who asked you, lady? He would go on to be judgmental. Beca- yeah, a bit judgmental, it seems. He would go on to become a real local legend and even have a short-lived festival named after him, which I think the festival was called like the Moss Man uh, Pagan Fest or some shit. It was really cool. Kind of bummed it's not around anymore. Today, he lives in the Midwest, has a job, and leads a normal life, telling reporters that his neighbors have no idea of his time as Moss Man. I like the idea, though, that you could potentially be neighbors with this Moss Man. Uh, But he says that... He doesn't tell his neighbors because they might look at him differently if they knew he had lived in the water. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. That's I would just be true. like, man, that's fucking crazy. All right. Can you imagine having, like, a few beers with your neighbor one night and he's just like, you know, I lived in the water for a month? Yeah, like, okay. That's fucking crazy, Bill. That's a crazy thing to tell me. All right. I'm not cool. going to see you differently. Yeah. You're still Bill. You just happen to have lived in the water for a month. I don't know what you want me to say, man. Well, do you want us to call you Wet Bill? We can now. No, no, no. I just, I just felt like you guys should know that I did. Okay. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't spend a month in the moss, Caribbean. Moss on my back. Saw fucking oh. wolf kill a deer, dude. It was gnarly. Okay. Lost 60 pounds. I have to go, I think... Let me, I have the moss. Is, I kept the moss here. Let me. I don't want a bag here. I just. Oh, oh, you went. Oh, there. Way to go, Bill Mossy man. You did it again. Traveling. Oh, what do you? Uh, it's a fun one, right? It's fun. Yeah, it's. Very I really fun. like it. It's fun. Yeah. I yeah. This is Nevada. The more Nevada you know, the more Nevadan you are. Traveling south through Idaho, we come to the silver state, Nevada. You ever heard anybody pronounce it like that, Nevada? Uh, probably. Uh, yeah. You did. I, ju- I just heard. I, you I mean, I said like I say Nevada, but I have always heard. I've heard people say Nevada, and I'm like, all right. What sure. do people? What do people in that state say? Couldn't tell you. Hmm. Never, never met anyone from Nevada. Nevada. Who knows? Let's call this whole thing off. <laughs> all right. That was no. That was a tomato. To, you know. Uh, you say tomato. I'm, I, I already shut tomato. down the recording. Let's call the whole thing off. Is how that song goes. Wow, our cultures are so different. It's insane. You. It's like a musical theater song. You were just doing a thing about musical theater. What are you fucking talking about? Never heard of musical theater, man. This is why I don't offer you olive branches, okay? This is why I'm always just mean to you. Because the minute I open myself up and you do this to me, you just fucking leave me on a line. To well, dang- maybe it's because anytime I say anything, you're like, fuck you, man. Well, uh, honestly, though, fuck you, man. Oh man. Yeah. Located within the Paiute Tribe Reservation, and it might not be pronounced Paiute. That's how I've always heard it, this tribe referred to growing up in Utah. Um, it, it's possible that it is Paiute. I've heard that too. Uh, but I'm going to stick with the pronunciation I know. And if it's wrong, I'm, I'm very sorry. Located within my the- ancestors called them the murder men. Mm, see, that's not, I think mine is better. I think we'll just go with the mm. one. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's probably good. Yeah. But L- they, we thought if my ancestors thought they might murder them. So they called them the murder men. They were like, what if they murdered us? And then they were like, well, they're the murder men now because they might murder us. 
They never did, but... Yeah. Anyway. Located within the Paiute Tribe Reservation is a lake with a distinctive feature. A rock rising out of the water shaped exactly like a pyramid. Thus the name Pyramid Lake. This strange phenomenon is known as a tufa. It's like a, you know, a cone-shaped like structure. Sure. Okay. The lake is 15 miles long and 11 miles wide with a depth of 350 feet. This strange yet beautiful lake is not just home to this formation that looks like the remnant of some ancient civilization, but it is also home to a vengeful mermaid who drowns those who enter the waters of the lake. The legend of Pyramid Lake Mermaid begins with a young man from a nearby Paiute tribe, who one day discovered a race of mermaids living in the lake. He befriended one particular mermaid and soon fell in love. He began courting the mermaid, and when the time was right, he brought her to his tribe. No clue how he did this. I don't know if he, she could walk on water or if he had a, like a big container. Who knows? The point is, the village rejected her, and the elders refused to allow the union to take place. They took her back to the waters and banished her from the tribe, and forbid the young man from ever contacting her again. Enraged that her love had been stolen from her and that she had been humiliated by the tribe, she cursed them, and any human who should enter the lake. The tribe she cursed with misfortune and suffering, and everyone else to a watery death should they come into her territory. According to some, this has come in the form of numerous disappearances that occur every year, saying this is the work of the mermaid or her curse. But what do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? That's a pretty... I'm going to give it spooky for its uniqueness. We don't think we've had a cursed lake mermaid no, thing yet. that's what I liked That's about good. it. Yeah, I think it's kooky, yeah. spooky for me too. Yeah, well... I would like to note that there have been a curious amount of disappearances and deaths on the lake. Now, this could be attributed to the usual weather conditions, alcohol levels, and whatnot. But one curious thing that has occurred is that sometimes bodies lost in Pyramid Lake have ended up in Lake Tahoe, which doesn't make sense as Tahoe is upriver from Pyramid Lake. There's some theories that posit that there are underwater tunnels connecting the two, which could be possible. But... Um, Kind of weird. Interesting. That is cool, though. Yeah. Moving on to our next legend, located near Reno, Nevada, is a park called Rainbow Ridge, which sits inside Rob Canyon, which, according to legend, is haunted. But why is it haunted, you ask? Well, fucking hang on. I'm getting to that. Currently home to a suburb, this was not always the case. In the 1970s, the land was almost unrecognizable from today. With no civilization to be found, Rob Canyon was truly a part of undisturbed nature. Well, that was until the bodies were found. According to legend, four mutilated bodies, three male and one female, were discovered in the canyon near the, near the site of Rainbow Ridge Park. To this day, the murders have not been solved, and police have had absolutely zero leads since the case was first opened. More, many psychics who have visited the canyon have claimed to have sensed the spirits of the victims who await their murders to be solved so they can peacefully transition to the afterlife. Residents of the area report seeing strange lights, hearing disturbing sounds like blood-curdling screams, and the sounds of chopping night after night. Shadow people have also been reported to have been sighted, especially near a dead tree found next to the creek. Visitors will also report feelings of nausea and disorientation. You can find numerous investigations on YouTube and witness reports on the Haunted Rob Canyon blog, who has been amassing stories since 2004. What do you think of Rob Canyon, Mason? Spooky or kooky? I mean, people really died there, right? What do you think of this legend? I think it's... it's if, ever, if, if a part of it is true, it's spooky. Okay. If none of it is true at all, kooky. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately in my research, I could find absolutely no evidence that these murders ever occurred. It's possible that the sources have not been put online, but also you'd think if four mutilated bodies would be found, there would be multiple reportings on it, 
but I found yeah. nothing. I gotcha. did watch some of these videos of people going and investigating, and it was just that thing where I was like, look, I believe in ghosts. I believe in the supernatural. But God, do I hate some of these guys who make these videos where they're just clearly just recording themselves the whole time and being like, something just choked me. And I'm like, did it? Or are you reaching here? You know? Did it? I watched one video of a particular guy. I won't say the channel name, but I was just like, oh, dear God. It was just him trudging in the snow, being like, right. I saw a light over there. And I'm like, yeah, you're in a suburb. You're going to see a lot of fucking lights, buddy. Like, And then at one point, he's like, he's walking, and he goes, like, oh, God, something just choked me. And I'm like, did it? Or did you just choke on your spit? Something just choked me. It's hot. <sighs> anyway, um, yeah, it's... Uh, can't find any evidence for it. For me, it the legend itself was kind of spooky. But yeah, it seems like most of the investigations, I'm like, bit of a reach here. But, you know, I'd have to go there and visit it myself. Nightmares. They have a way of coming back. First you have one. Then another. 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 Plunging into a nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Yes, it's your favorite bad dream. And our final legend out of Nevada, Mason, seems to be straight out of a Wes Craven film. In Las Vegas, Nevada, is a school by the name of Del H. Robinson, no, sorry, Del H. Robinson Junior High School, which hosts students from grades 6 through 8. It also appears to host an urban legend that seems to have been inspired by good old Fredward Kruger himself. See, beginning a couple years ago, students began to report seeing a janitor walking the halls. Nothing strange, right? It's a fucking school. Sure, there's janitor. I've, I've seen, seen multiple janitor. janitors. Except no one seemed to know who this janitor was, and his hands seemed to be covered in something red, which many students believed to be blood. The sightings were reported by students across different grades, and curiously enough, a lot came from new students within days of moving to the school, never having heard the stories, but seeing the apparition all the same. Some students even reported seeing the specter outside of school, with one student recounting how he spotted the demonic janitor as he was walking home, following not too far behind him. Yet when he, when he reached his front door, the man vanished into thin air. The student would report that this happened multiple times. Reportedly, there is a way to stop this apparition from haunting you in what seems to have come straight out of a Christian movie. It seems going to church is the way to get rid of this phantom. Okay. But according to some students, even this doesn't solve it, claiming that after doing this, he went from stalking them in real life to stalking them in their nightmares. No word on whether or not he had a knife club or not. While there seems to be no suicides or deaths that took place within the school, many believe that the spirit belongs to a previous employee who for some reason has returned to torment the pupils of his former employer. Mason. Spooky or kooky? I'm going with spooky on that one. I think I like this that. one is spooky. That was fun, yeah. Now, <clears throat> it could be, you know, a ploy to get people to go to church because, like, the one solve is for people to go to church. But, again, right. the fact that some students are like, yeah, I went to church and that shit didn't help. Now he's fucking haunting me in my dreams is like, okay. And the aspect of it happening to new students is also very interesting. Now, what I liked about this one is that, for me personally, I think this could be a tulpa. I think yeah, this is a yeah, yeah. perfect example of a tulpa. Is 100%. that these these kids maybe, you know, saw these movies, heard of Freddy Krueger, and they have enough psychic energy to have generated this being, this this entity into existence. Yeah. 100%. And I'm like, that's really fucking cool. I like that the idea of cool. it. Yeah. So Well with that, Mason, it's time to wrap the show. Our janitor up. just sold us weed. Oh, man. Uh, my janitor was just this really old guy named Hank who I could never fucking understand. He was like he was like the old guy in Hot Fuzz who has all the guns. Oh, yeah. I would, but he liked me. He always like let me into things and let me borrow his keys, but he'd always be like, hey, is going with that? And I'd be like, yeah, Hank, for sure, man. Um, and I, was I like, also oh, fucking I think he was just drunk all the time. I was not sold weed by a janitor in high school. I should be clear. Well, the investigation has already started. Way to go, Mason. Okay, well, that's weird, but okay. But with that, it's time to wrap the show up, Mason. 
If you like the show, make sure to leave us a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts, now Spotify. We'd really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Plus, it really helps the show, and we'll read your review on the show. You can support the show by going to patreon.com backslash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Another thing you could do to help the show and yourself is go over to Tee Public and shop our merch. Click the link in our show notes and grab something for yourself. Uh, you can get t-shirts or stickers, all with our designs on them. Yes. Remember, if you donate slash support our sponsors, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, etc. Mason, where can the fine listeners find you? Oh, I got the yawnies. Um, <laughs> oh my god, a ghost choked you. A go- <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, at Mason Schrader, uh, Mason... S-H-R-A-D-E-R. Awesome, awesome. Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at j.valle underscore junior and the show on Twitter and Instagram at Captain's Log Pod. We will recommend various different materials on there, post show updates, post some occasionally funny things. So go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., Animal Productions, and of course the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. If you can't get enough of me, you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log, Max Benyon, called Max and Jose Have Something to Say, which will be coming back for a season two pretty soon here. Uh, and you can also check out my short film, For the Sake of Honor, which is currently doing its festival run, already being selected for two festivals, one of which I had the pleasure of attending in New York. Shout out to the Katra Latinx Film Festival. Uh, but anyway, go watch it. It would mean the world to me. Go watch it, you dicks, and make sure you tell your friends and family about the show. If you enjoy it, and if you'd like to share your opinion on these legends or have some insight on another legend, please write us at captainslogcast at gmail.com. Yes, you can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for composing our show's theme. With that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show, and we will see you soon for another spooky little episode. I've been your captain, Jose Valle Jr., joined by... Uh, first mate, uh, Mason Degenerate Schrader. That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> and this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Beep, boop.